Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Got you over here on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram Live, on all the Gospel Tabernacle platforms, getting this message out that we're broadcasting today every way that we can. I see some folks already jumping on. Hey, Kim. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Shirley. Good to have you on today. If you haven't already, go ahead and share the broadcast. If you're watching on Facebook, easy enough just to click the share there. Let some other people know that we're doing these teachings, and uh, that's the whole purpose and ministry of this church and the body of Christ in general, right, is to make known the glorious truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and everything that we learn in this Bible. Uh, and by his word, we want people to know it. We want to make Christ famous throughout the whole earth. So I'm glad that you're already on. I'm glad that you're sharing. And of course, today is the last day. Every time you share or interact with the feed, with the broadcast, of course, you're going to be thrown in again and again. Each time you interact and share, you're going to be thrown in uh, for the drawing or the giveaway that we're going to do tomorrow. So make sure you come back tomorrow, same time, 12 p.m., Friday tomorrow, as we finish up our fifth session on this study, the Holy Spirit the helper you need. And of course, we're doing a giveaway. Two people are going to win. Two lucky people that have shared and interacted in the broadcast throughout this week. They're going to be, we're going to pick those people and they will win two things. They're going to get this book by Pastor Lester Summerall, The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit. It's an in-depth study of God, the Holy Spirit, and His ministry on the earth. You'll be blessed by it. I've read that book uh, probably a half a dozen times. It's a powerful book. It's good to study and read again and again. And of course, lunch is on us. We'll get you a Chick-fil-A gift card as well so that you can go get some of that tasty, wonderful fried chicken. I mean, chicken's just better when it, I think everything's better when it's fried, isn't it? And some of those waffle fries or whatever you want to get there. But lunch will be on us and you'll have a good book to read and study. So if you haven't shared, go ahead and share it. And uh, thank you for letting me know. If you're watching and you haven't commented yet, but you are watching, go ahead and comment. Let me know that you're watching because right now I can see numbers uh, of people watching from each platform. But it's not until you comment that I see your name. And uh, so I already see Shirley, Sarah, and Kim watching. Thankful for y'all. I pray you've had a wonderful start to your Thursday. And we're going to go ahead and get right into this teaching. I know this won't come as a surprise to anyone who's heard me minister or teach before or, or study the Bible. Hey, Danette, glad to have you on again today. Uh, this won't come as a surprise to anyone, but sometimes I can get long-winded. So no need for me to extend the introductories. Let's just get right into the topic, and that way I'll have a plenty enough time. And at the end of the broadcast, make sure you stay through the end of the broadcast. We're going to pray and uh, spend a little bit of time in prayer, praying for ourselves, for our church, uh, wherever you go to church, the church, the body of Christ, uh, for this coming weekend so that we can see people saved and set free and delivered. Uh, because we know this, this coming weekend, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Christ Jesus. We're going to celebrate the fact that we serve a risen Lord and Savior. And there'll be many people who will walk through a door that don't normally come to door, uh, come to church. They'll walk through the door of the church that don't normally come to church. And we want the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We want the ministry of what we're learning about God, the Holy Spirit, to be ever present in us 
in our churches and our pastors and across the land. Because when it's all said and done, the only solution for the problems of America or whatever nation that you're listening from, because I realize not everyone, most of the listeners are in America, but we have got a lot of international listeners as well. Whatever the problems are in your nation, the solution is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not who we elect. It's not social programs. It's not economies. It's not education. The solution to man's problem, which that's all a nation's problem is, is a bunch of people living in one place. That's what a nation is. Nation's problems, men's problems are solved by King Jesus. And so we want to see this nation and the nations of the earth shaken by the power of God. And that's going to come through the preaching of the word of God, which is what we're doing right now and what we'll be doing all across the land this coming Sunday. So make sure you stick to the stick around until the end so we can pray together because there is power in prayer. All right, let's get started. Again, part four, the Holy Spirit, the helper you need. Holy Spirit, the helper you need, part four. And we're going to start the same place that we've started the last three times. We're going to go to the book of John. You know, I just recently read through the book of John in my, my morning devotional time. And I just, there was a revelation that, that John had. Uh, not that is his work's greater, and I say his work, or his part in this work of God in the Bible is greater than the other Gospels, but there was just a different revelation. We can see that, that God gives revelation to certain people, and then those people, they don't keep it to themselves. They make it famous. They make it known. And, uh, you know, you look at the book of Matthew. Matthew had a revelation of the fact that Christ was a king because you see all these kingdom principles through the book of Matthew, all these kingdom of heaven parables. Uh, Mark had a revelation of the power of God uh, in Christ Jesus as a servant. Uh, Luke had a revelation of the Holy Spirit uh, moving in an authority in Christ. And John had this powerful revelation of, of being connected and in Christ. And of course, that has to do with God, the Holy Spirit, living, moving, breathing, having our being in him. So let's start at our main text. We've got three of them. They're chapter after chapter, one right after another. John 14, 15, and 16. The first one is John 14, 6, excuse me, John 14, 26. But the helper, if you hadn't caught it yet, that's where the title, title comes from. This verse in John 15, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. But the helper, the paraclete, the comforter, the anointed one, God, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in the name of Jesus, he will teach you all things. Again, Holy Spirit's not a it, not a thing not a substance, though we're using symbols to describe his characteristics and his attributes. Uh, it doesn't mean that he is those things. Man, that guy's as strong as an ox. Obviously, he's not an ox. He's a man, but he's as strong as an ox. We're using that as a metaphor, a simile. He will teach you all things and bring your remembrance and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. 
So we discussed about that. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He will bring to your remembrance the word of God. John 15, 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The Holy Spirit exalts Christ Jesus. And, and keep this, this particular main text in mind. Twice it says in John 15, 26, from the Father, from the Father. Keep that in the back of your mind, from the Father. Because it's gonna, we're going to go into that in just a second here, this idea of adoption and being in the family of God, from the Father. Keep that in the back of your mind. And then lastly, John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And that that's something that's been on my heart this whole year. The Holy Spirit will show you the secret things and reveal the secret things of God. Now, let's go ahead and get right into some new territory. And I want you to type this in the comment section. I want you to say this out loud, those listening on the podcast. The Holy Spirit is my seal of redemption. The Holy Spirit is my seal, S-E-A-L, of redemption. The Holy Spirit is my seal of redemption. Now, let's get into this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 is where we're going to begin on this, on this first new um, territory today, that the Holy Spirit is our seal of redemption. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says this, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Notice that. In him you also trusted. Who have we put our trust in? Christ Jesus. After you heard the word of truth. What's the word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. See, the, the, the reality is this. It is the power of God that sets people free. But the power of God travels in the vehicle of his word. That's something good to keep in your heart and your mind. The power of God travels in the vehicle of the Word of God. Just like you, you know, if you need to go grocery shopping, at least I don't, I don't do this. Maybe you do. You may be a go-getter, but at least I don't do this. If I need to go grocery shopping, I don't throw on my big hiking backpack and hike off to the grocery store, fill up everything in my backpack, and then hike back home. I could, and maybe some days I should rather than sitting on the couch. But I don't do that. What do I do? I get in my car, crank up my car, and I drive to the grocery store, get all that good food that I need to get for the whole week or however long I'm buying it or for a meal or a recipe or something, put it in the car and get in the car and drive back to my house. I'm not my vehicle. 
right? Uh, I'm in the vehicle. The vehicle is carrying me to where I need to go. The word of God is a vehicle in which the power of God is transported. This is why it's so important for you to study the word of God, but also to speak the word of God. Now, I can get, we can get in a whole different study on this. We can get in a whole deep, long dive on the power of confessing God's word and how necessary is it and on the power of preaching God's word. I, I've hit some several years ago. You know, some of y'all know if you don't, I, I played music in a band. I had so much, so many great memories playing music with a group of guys, the Tarver brothers, and we had an awesome time. Three days leave. You can still find our music on iTunes, YouTube, all that place. And we just, we played for about 15 years going different places. And I'll tell you what, I had a, a large frustration. I'll just be honest with you. This is my frustration I would have. I would have people that would want, they would call me up, they would call us up and they say, hey, we want you to come out, come out and do your thing, play your music. Uh, sometimes it'd be uh, lead worship. You know, we did everything. I mean, we went to youth groups, we went to churches, we, we, we played on flatbed trailers, we went to schools, we went at barbecue festivals, anywhere they wanted us, we'd come, we'd do it. No problem. But this is what I began to get frustrated with. We'd have people, precious people, love God on their way to heaven, have a desire to see people saved, and they would put together an outreach event. They would put together an outreach event, and they would have maybe five bands that day, and we'd all do our thing and play music. And then at the end of the event, they would have someone come up and maybe for three and a half minutes tell people about, you know, Jesus loves you, he died for your sins, and he wants you to be saved. If, if you want to pray with me, come find me after this service, after this event. And unfortunately, it was never fruitful. As much fun as playing music is and as much as I enjoy music, and I'm a worship pastor, there's power in worship. But the power that is in worshiping God is reserved for the Christian, for the believer. It is my relationship in glorifying and adoring God. The power to save people is the preaching of the gospel. And, is, and worship is just an auxiliary help in ministry to lift up the preaching of the gospel. Why do we worship? Why do we sing songs in church? To get our heart warmed up and ready to receive the word. The most important thing that takes place in the ministry of church, and this I constantly keep this on my mind, the most important thing that we can do as Christians and in a church is to preach and teach the Word of God because it is the Word of God that changes people. It's the Word of God that people hear truth, believe salvation, and they receive. They receive from God. And, th and that's what is so necessary. The word of truth, the gospel of our salvation must be proclaimed. It must be spoken. The word of God, in order for the power of God to be released, the word of God must be preached. It's that simple. In order for the power of God, in order to see signs, miracles, and wonders, to see people healed and delivered and set free, to see people saved and bondage of sin broken off, to see the anointing work, the word must be preached. Being someone, a Christian, a believer, that has the responsibility and, yea, even better, a privilege it's a privilege to preach the word of God. It's a privilege to witness people, 
Christ Jesus. It is a privilege to share the word of truth because it is the word of truth that the power of God is released. That's all extra. That was all bonus. You like freebies? That was a freebie. But I can't go beyond this verse and not, not get that out. Because it is upon the word of truth that you heard, I heard, we heard the gospel of our salvation. We believed. And when we believed, what happened? We were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We were redeemed by the power of the Holy Spirit. As y'all wrote in the comments, if you hadn't, you can go and write it in the comments. You see, the Holy Spirit is my seal of redemption. As you're saying on the podcast, the Holy Spirit is my seal of redemption. Now, let's think about that. What is a seal? Well, if we go back to ancient history, a king, if he were uh, going to release an official document, he would have a signet ring. And that signet ring would have a crest on it or an identifying mark markings on it. It would be unique to him. It would be made for him. And he would have that signet ring. And he'd always keep that with him. Because what he can do with that signet ring is he can write, have, a, have an official document. Thus says the king, this is the law of the land. It's like that old Charlton Heston movie, The Ten Commandments. With him, he portrays Moses. And is it Yul Brenner? Is uh, his brother Ramses. Uh, let it, I've spoken, let it be written, let it be spoken, let it be written. You know, when the Pharaoh speaks, that's it. He can't take it back. Well, when the kings of the day and age would speak, they'd have that document written down, decreed, and maybe they want to send it to a governor. They write down the law and they're going to send it to a governor. They're going to send it to a province. They're going to, uh, when Great Britain wanted to do laws in the colonies of America, before we had independence, they would send that word to the colonies. Well, how do we know it's official? They would take that letter, that document, that parchment, fold it up, and they would melt hot. They would pour hot melted wax where the two pieces of paper come together. All right. And he would press that signet ring down in the wax. And of course, that wax, it cools and it has the markings of his signet ring. It is sealed. Those documents are sealed with his signet ring. It's official. It's confirmed. These are the words of the king. These are the words. These, this is the law of the land. Okay, that's one way to think of, an, of a seal. The Holy Spirit has made your salvation official. He sealed it. He has is, he is decreed what the word of God has said to be true. You receive it by his power. It's done. It's done with. It's the, the work of the Holy Spirit to make you alive unto Christ, confirmed, sealed. We can think of this as another way as well. There's a preserving and keeping power of the Holy Spirit. See, this is so powerful to understand. It's so necessary. You've got to get this deep down in your heart. The Holy Spirit empowers you to live free from sin. And that's so necessary to believe in the depths of your heart in order for you to live holy in an unholy world, in order for you to live free from sin in a sinful world. The Holy Spirit keeps you and seals you and protects you. Just like you can, you know, I don't know, 
you you have a sealed package. You, uh, you can, let's say you're going to, I like to bake. I enjoy baking. I've always liked cooking. I've always liked baking. Uh, Laura was going to make some cornbread yesterday and she was talking about it and it brought back a memory to, to my mind that years ago I, I started experimenting. Mom was making some cornbread. I'm, I was probably like six, seven years old. And I said, I'm going to make my own cornbread. And I just threw everything I could find, mustard, ketchup, mayonnaise, all kind of stuff, just wild stuff. And of course, I took it over to my grandfather and nanny's house and they tried it. They said, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. You know, they were just being kind. <laughs> But Papa and Nanny, they they were they oh yeah that's 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 it. you made it wow oh I would have never thought you made it yeah <laughs> now think about it when I'm baking though nowadays when I'm baking I, I I don't throw everything in the in the fridge in the into the recipe but if I'm gonna bake something you know maybe you've had this experience but when, if you're gonna bake lots of times I'll do big batches of baking make cookies cookies are my weaknesses it, it, cookies. Chocolate chip cookies will be served in excess at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The, the promised land flows with milk and honey, but the milk's to dip the cookies in. Praise God. I love cookies. So when if, if I'm going to, uh-oh, mom, if you're listening, you, you I can hear you right now say, you don't, you don't love things, AJ. You love people. I really, really like cookies. But if I'm going to bake cookies, a lot of times I'll bake a two, three dozen. But I can't eat all two or three dozen. I, I'm, I can't eat them. I physically can't eat them, but I should not. So what do I do? I take them and I put them in a freezer airtight bag and I seal it and put those cookies in the freezer. I seal it. I preserve it. I put a seal on the bag so that what is inside the bag will not be damaged. And the Holy Spirit works in us as a seal, keeping us. There's a keeping power in the Holy Spirit that when we yield to him, he keeps us in his presence. He keeps us by his power. He brings us to a place of being safeguarded unto Christ. Amen. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run there unto it. We are hid. The Bible tells us we are hid in Christ. How are you hid in Christ? By the work of the Holy Spirit, keeping you in Christ. And when we yield daily, by the minute, continually, ever, again and again, yield to the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, he's keeping us, protecting us, cleansing us. Another way we can think of a seal is this way, a seal of approval. You know, maybe you buy a, a car. If you go buy a brand new car, you go buy a brand new appliance. It'll, you know, it'll have a seal of approval. Uh, for me recently, I've bought camera gear or this podcasting mic, different things. You know, maybe you buy something used, but it's been certified. It's certified used product. What does that mean? It means even though it's used, it went through a 97-step process and they checked 97 different things about this product and it comes out, yep, A+. Plus. This one's got our seal of approval. We will stand behind it. We will back it. You got, you know, or uh, when you buy something brand new, it'll have a one-year warranty or a 10-year warranty or a lifetime warranty. It has a seal of approval. We have made this and we stand behind it. That's what the Holy Spirit does to you. 
He is a seal of approval. You are mine. You are mine, and I'm going to back you. Think about that. You are mine, and I'm going to back you. I'm thankful that God does that. He backs up his children. When you, the first Samuel, Samuel the prophet told this to Saul. He said, Saul, don't you understand that if you'll honor God, he will honor you. But if you lightly esteem God, he will despise you. If you, but see, the negative is if you, you know, make a mockery of the things of God or turn your back on God, God will despise you. He, you've made yourself an enemy of God. But let's look at the positive because that's where we're at. You're listening to a teaching broadcast at Thursday at 1225 p.m. or whenever you're catching this replay because you desire the things of God. So let's look at the positive because that's what applies to you. You have been approved. So when you honor God, God will honor you. God will back you up. The, when you stick to his word, when you submit to his lordship, when you yield and obey the word of God, the Lord will back you up. That is how the power of the Holy Spirit is manifested in the life of the believer, through yielding and obeying the word of God. And when you yield and obey the word of God, the Holy Spirit his seal of approval is activated. Yeah, I'll back you up. Because after all, it's not me making my word come to pass. It's me obeying God's word, believing he's faithful to bring it to pass. Amen. It's not me or you going to make God do something. It's I yield to the word of God. And I just believe that God is not a man that he should lie. So if he promised it, it shall come to pass. And I'm going to live as if it's already done. Because if God is faithful and God will not lie, then if he said it, it's consider it done. Consider it done. Consider it done. And the seal of the Holy Spirit is that seal of approval. It's that seal of backing. You know, Dr. Miles Monroe had a mighty revelation of, of this kingdom mindset. It's a little bit foreign to us Americans that are listening right now. It's a little foreign to us because we have a constitutional republic. A lot of people say we have a democracy. They don't understand civics. They've never, they must have flunked civics class. America is not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. We are a nation based on a constitution. We as people groups rep, elect representatives and the representatives go vote on our behalf. Civics 101, extra, there's another freebie. Miles Monroe lived in Bahamas. And in the Bahamas, though when he came about, he was no longer the Bahamas were no longer a colony or a part of the British Empire. There's a, you can get a whole different story on that. There was a time and day where the British Empire, uh, it was said that the sun never sat on the British Empire because it had so many colonies all over the world. But interestingly enough, when they turned their back on Israel, Within years, Britain became this massive empire and it shrunk down to its little island. And to now where they're working with Canada or Australia is, is nothing more than for show. Anyways, Dr. Miles Monroe, a mighty man of God, pastoring a church and world-renowned author and just great teacher who's now in heaven, inherited his eternal glory in Christ. He had a kingdom revelation. And it made more sense because he grew up in the Bahamas, which was a colony of, of Great Britain. 
Now, he would make this statement. Now, this, this will click with everyone about this manufacturer warranty. You know, right, I can't pull out my, my phone right here. Oh, you can actually see the top of it today. I didn't move it far back enough. That's where Instagram's watching. This phone is an Apple iPhone. It has a logo of Apple on it. It has a seal of approval. It has a seal of ownership. It has a marking that is unique to Apple. Apple backs this up. Now, why do companies and businesses have warranties? Because they put their name on something. And if something fails or breaks or doesn't do what they say it will do, they want to make it right. So that their name's not tarnished. So that their name is not disgraced. Because they realize that name, that brand carries value. Now, I personally don't do it. I, love, I really have gotten turned on the Apple products the past few years. I really like them with my iPad and, and iPhone. But there, I, I've not hit this level. There are some people who will go stand outside the Apple store hours before, I mean days before, and camp out so that they can get the newest, greatest, latest thing. So Apple understands their brand has value among people. Because they say, this is what our stuff will do. And we will warrant, we give it a warranty to it so that if it doesn't do it, we make it right so that you don't lose trust in the name. That If men do that, think about the name of Christ. You're not going to, quote unquote, get out on a limb with God. You will never go, you'll never fail having faith in God. Peter didn't, right? We, we go to that analogy of him walking on water. And lots of times people talk, get right to the point where he sunk because he didn't have faith. Why did Peter sink? He took his eyes off Jesus. But let's give him some credit. He was walking on water. <laughs> but once his eyes was taken off Jesus, then he sunk, right? God is not going to allow you in faith and obedience to his word to fail. Romans 8.28 tells us that. Those who love God and are called to his purpose, God works all things for their good. Now, I flipped it, didn't I? Because what is normally quoted, let me get to this. I feel this on my spirit. Romans 8, 28, the seal of approval. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Well, we just said that yesterday, that you are anointed. We saw that in 2 Corinthians 1, 21. You are anointed. You are called. Well, so what we see here is that God works out all things for good. Now, there's not a period there. A lot of Christians will say that, and they put a period before there's a period. Well, bless God, we know God works everything out for good. No, he doesn't work everything out for good. He works everything out for good to those who love God and are called to his purpose. He works everything out to the good to those that are faithful to him. What is love? Well, in God's eyes, it's obedience. John 15, John 14, the words of Christ. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Well, you saying you got to be perfect for God to love you? I'm saying we yield and submit to the Lordship of Christ. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do what we can't do on our own, 
Philippians 4.13, Christ gives us strength to do all things. He, he strengthens us to do all things through Christ Jesus. What is he strengthening us to do? Get out of bed and go, do, go to work? Oh, I'm sure he'll give you strength for that. But what is God concerned about? He's concerned about you fulfilling the promises, you fulfilling your commitment to the word of God. He's going to strengthen you to do what you can't do, which is live up to the word of God. It's not me, right? It's what Paul said. For me to die is gain, but to live is Christ. If I am living as a Christian, I'm living in the power of Christ. I'm living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Could you fail? Could you mess up? Yes. Have I? Yeah, I have. When did it happen? When I, when I went from yielding and submitting and obeying and leaning on the Holy Spirit to trying to do it my own way. When I got out of the Spirit into flesh, then I failed. But when I yield to God, the seal of approval, his backing, his warranty is right there to keep me. And he backs me up. He resources me. It's no different than when an ambassador, thinking of this idea of kingdoms, our nation has ambassadors. We have people, delegates. They are delegated to represent our nation. And they go to other nations to do business and transactions. And unfortunately, many oftentimes over the years, they've done private business, insider business. They fill their own pockets with money. But that's man. That's sinful. <laughs> but the way it's supposed to work is ambassadors, they go and they do what is good for their nation. They do what benefits their nation. And they go in the authority of their nation, right? An ambassador does not have an army behind him when he goes to another nation to represent America. But he has the authority. He has the authority of the United States of America. We, this, as a nation, the government will back that person up. If you go back to a king, same way. Kings had governors, that's where we get this idea of governor from. Kings had governors, and governors ruled areas in the kingdom. Why could that governor rule? Because it had that governor was backed up by the king. And it's this, it's this simple. The Holy Spirit empowers you, seals you, approves of you, safeguards you, confirms the ownership that you are in the body of Christ. You are in the family of God. And he keeps you in that place. Amen. When you yield and obey to, to him, he keeps you in it. Now look at this. 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy. Who's thankful for God's mercy? I am. Who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The Holy Spirit saves you from sin, keeps you from walking in sin. When you walk in the light, you won't walk in sin. First John 1 tells us that. When we walk in the light of the word, we do not walk in sin. How can a young man keep his ways pure? 
Psalms 119, by hiding the word of God in his heart. You want to keep your ways pure? Hide the word of God in your heart. The Holy Spirit saves you from sin. He keeps you from sin when you walk in the light of the, of the revelation of God. And he saves you from the curses of sin. He keeps you in the things of God. The Holy Spirit brings you into the, the kingdom of God, keeps you in the kingdom of God, and empowers you to represent the kingdom of God. Now, in this transition here, I want you to see this as we go to our next point. If you, if you catch it, verse 4, it said, to an inheritance incorruptible. You have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. Now, what is, or rather I should say, who is that inheritance? I want you to write this down in the comment section. You can say it out loud, those listening on the podcast. The Holy Spirit is my guarantee. The Holy Spirit is is my guarantee. Guarantee. The Holy Spirit is my guarantee. Hopefully that's the best one to understand. 2 Corinthians 1, 21, we read this yesterday. Now he who establishes you with you in Christ has anointed us is God. You are anointed. Because you believe in Jesus. Verse 22. Who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit, capital S, so Holy Spirit, in our hearts as a guarantee. The Holy Spirit is your guarantee. If you look in the in the King James Version, I'm, generally I read from the New King James. It's just a little bit easier to read uh, in today's culture uh, with people... You know, uh, we don't read as much in society anymore, unfortunately, unless it's scrolling through Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, a little short blurb here or there. We don't do a lot of hard, in-depth reading. And so the New King James simplifies a lot of the language so that I don't have to go through point by point of different words. But if you go to the King James Version, which I grew up on, I still read. I was just reading it this morning. I like it. It's beautiful language. If you go to the King James Version, it will say earnest. E-A-R-N. EST. And I know a lot of y'all that are listening use the King James Version, are familiar with it. Earnest. Now, that word's a little bit foreign. In fact, I probably have never heard that word, earnest, until I bought my house. And when you buy a house, what do you have to give first? Before you write the uh, final check for that home, you write a smaller amount, and it's the earnest payment. Now, for you, those that are listening, you never bought a house, you've not experienced this yet. But so you know the process, when you go to buy a house, you make an offer on a house, they say, yep, we'll take that offer. You then have to put down a earnest payment, a small percentage, a down payment. Now, we've probably all heard that word, right? Uh, you should never buy a car on credit, but people, when they buy cars on credit, they'll put down a down payment and then they get their slave payment until that thing's paid off. That's what that is. That's what a mortgage payment is. I've got a mortgage. I've got a slave payment that I'm going to pay that thing off as fast as I can. That's what it is. I mean, you're indebted to it until you pay that thing off. Just not being mean, not being uh, rough. It's just that's just facts, just truth. But in that process of a loan, you pay a down payment. 
why do you pay a down payment? Well, on several reasons. One, if you can't make a down payment, you probably ain't got no business getting a loan. If you can't make a small percentage of it, you've got no business getting the loan, just practically speaking. It is a pledge, right? It's saying, maybe you've done this before, speaking of cars. You go test drive a car. I know I've done it before. When I go test drive a car in times past, I usually, the dealer, you know, I would leave my keys to my car that I own right now with the dealer. He would give me his keys to the new car I wanted to test drive and usually Xerox a copy of my ID. Why would I leave my keys with him? Well, if I drive off and he has to come call the police and come find me, at least he's got that car there with keys and he can, you know, I don't know, lock it in the garage or something. But this idea of ownership, of guarantee, of an earnest payment, of a down payment, the Holy Spirit is as such. Verse 22, who has sealed us, we just talked about that, the Holy Spirit's our seal, and he's given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. How do I know I'm saved? The Spirit of God dwells in me. How do I know I'm saved? The Word of God confirms that when I believe that Jesus Christ is the risen Son of God, and he is Lord of my life, I'm saved. So I have verification from the Word. I also have verification from the Spirit of God living in me. When you get saved, you become free. Amen. You become a new creation. It is a bondage of religion to make people think they can believe on Jesus Christ. He who has come to set the captive free and you still have to be a captive. You, st- you don't have to be a captive. Numbers 23. If God blesses you, who can curse you? And if God curses you, who can bless you? It works both ways. But as a Christian, if I've been set free, who's going to bind me? What devil in hell can bind me if I'm set free by the blood of Jesus and the power of his name and faith in his name? And the Holy Spirit is the guarantee. You could say it this way. The Holy Spirit is my down payment. Now, that doesn't lessen him because he said this. He's the author of the book, remember? 2 Peter 1.21 tells us that. He is the guarantee. He is the down payment. We, ju- we started off today in Ephesians 1, 13. Let me read unto verse 14. It, these two ideas of seal and earnest go hand in hand. Ephesians 1, 13, I'll read that again. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the guarantee, the earnest, the down payment, the pledge of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? The Holy Spirit indwelling you is the guarantee that you will, when you die, you'll be in heaven. When you die, you'll be in heaven. When the Lord Jesus raptures his church, you're going. Because the Holy Spirit indwells in you. He's the down payment. He's the pledge. He's the guarantee. He's the earnest payment. You know, when you put down a down payment on a house and it's a legally binding contract and the seller has accepted the offer and I put down a down payment, neither one can back out at this point. You you got to give me that thing, right? You got to sell that to me. The Holy Spirit 
indwelling in you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be fearful. Well, I just hope I'm going to make it to heaven. The Holy Spirit is indwelling in you. You've already received the Spirit of God. Have faith in the finished work of the cross. Have faith that God Almighty can do what he said he'll do, which is set you free and keep you. Have faith in him. Yield to his word because he has a guarantee of that redemption that will take place. And we saw that in 1 Peter. In fact, I can go there again. 1 Peter, it says that same point when we're reading it. 1 Peter 1, verse 3, or starting at 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You have a place reserved in heaven. And the down payment is the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. It's, it's, it's a partial fulfillment, if you will, of that prayer that Christ taught us to pray on earth as it is in, let it be on earth as it is in heaven in the Lord's prayer, which is really the disciples prayer, your prayer, my prayer on earth as it is in heaven. Well, I know a place on earth where it is as in heaven in your spirit because the Holy Spirit's indwelling in you. There's a place that should be as in heaven. Amen. And if there's something in there that's not of heaven, let the Holy Spirit burn it out, clean it up, and get it out in Jesus' name. Because the Holy Spirit, He is the down payment unto eternal life. Now think about that. It's very simple when you come right down to it. The Holy Spirit is the down payment, the guarantee of eternal life. As a Christian, when you physically die, you don't die. Let's think about this. In fact, let me turn and make this plainly clear and, and from Scripture. So it's not just, you know, well, that's just your opinion or that's just kind of the way you're putting it. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says this. For when you were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8, Romans 5, But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He made, he paid the price of the debt of sin so that anyone that would believe on him would be saved. Now notice this. Verse uh, Ephesians 2, 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Okay. You were made alive because you were dead. That's pretty logical. There's no reason to make you alive if you're already alive. Following me? Jesus Christ, John 11, he said to Martha and Mary concerning their brother Lazarus, he said, I am the resurrection and life. And we saw, I think it was yesterday, we saw that the Holy Spirit is resurrection power. That he's, he's like water, he's like wind, that is resurrection power. When you were dead in sin, Christ died for you. So that when you believe on him and the finished work of the cross and the power of his resurrection, the Holy Spirit brings you from death to life. Because spiritually, if you do not believe on Jesus, you are spiritually 
dead. The wages of sin is death. Living in sin and having the nature of sin, right? If you're a sinner, your nature is sinful. That's why you sin. It's just your nature. And sin cannot associate itself with God. If, he, if it could, then Adam and Eve would have never had to left the Garden of Eden. But God had to make a way for sin to be cleansed so that mankind could come back to him. So if Jesus isn't your Lord, you're dead in sin. That's why when we believe on Jesus, we go from being dead in sin to being made alive in him, Ephesians 2.1. He makes us alive, which means when you or I, as a Christian, when we die, we only physically die. Maybe you've heard this at a funeral before. Let's see if I can find it. It's in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to go out on them here on myself and see if I, if my memory will bring it out. First Corinthians 15. Now this I say, brethren, verse 50, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment of the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and be changed. For this corruptible will put on incorruption, mortal will put on immortality. Death is swallowed up in victory. Verse 56, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see here this that takes place, this final victory over death. And that's not exactly, I'll just, that's not exactly where I was looking for, but we know this, that we do not sorrow is the scripture I'm looking for. We do not sorrow as other people sorrow because we have a hope that this will take place, the resurrection of the dead in Christ. Now, what is what is being resurrected, though? Their bodies, their mortal bodies are being glorified and changed in the twinkling of an eye, just like our bodies. If Christ comes and raptures the church, will be taken up and will be changed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. But first, the dead in Christ rise. Not their spirits and souls. Their spirits and souls are in heaven. Their bodies will come up and be glorified and put on incorruptible or made eternal so that they can live and dwell in heaven. See, when you're saved, you're made alive. There it is. I knew dad would bring, bring it in for me. Awesome. Thank you. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. So the point is this, when you get saved, you've received that living hope. We just read that earlier yesterday. Oh, I believe it was yesterday. We received that living hope. Who is the living hope? Christ Jesus. He is our living hope. So when our physical body dies, we do not, though we may shed tears and our emotions break for our loved ones because we will not see them for a time and season, we don't sorrow hopelessly we'll see them again. Because when you receive Christ Jesus, your spirit goes from being dead in sin to being made alive in Christ. And that's the earnest, that's the guarantee, that's the down payment, the pledge of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.11, the self-same spirit that raised Christ from the dead makes you alive. 
the spirit of God that rose Christ from the dead, Romans 1, 4, the spirit of holiness wrote with power, raised Christ from the dead. That spirit of power, the spirit, Holy Spirit, the, just as he raised Christ from the dead, he raised you from the deadness of sin and made you alive. So that when we physically die, our spirit and soul, just all they do is change neighborhoods. You've got loved ones, precious people in your family, mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, children. You've got friends, brothers, sisters, close people that have passed away, but you know they believed on Jesus. Right now, you can't visit them because they're in a different neighborhood. All they did was change addresses. There's a band, Big Daddy Weave. They had a song years ago. I'm talking, I'm like fifth grade. I remember that. I had a CD with that song. I think it's Moving Neighborhoods is what it was called or something like that. And the whole song's about when when a Christian dies, they just they just change their address. They don't die spiritually. They don't die soulishly. There's some false doctrines that talk about soul sleep. Mm-mm. When you die, you immediately go to heaven or hell. And there's some judgments that take place in the time to come, but immediately heaven or hell. So that means if you don't believe on Jesus, you're dead. Even though you're breathing air in this nose, your lungs are pumping, this physical heart's beating, you're not alive. Your spirit man's dead, right? The wages of sin produces death. And that death is really three different things. But we can see it's physical death. It does. Sin does truly kill physically. You look, living sinful is a hard life. And doing some sins may get you just, you know, blown away. Someone, if you do some sins and do some things wrong, you may just get taken out immediately. Sin has a physical death. Sin has also a spiritual death that separates us from God. And then it has an eternal death, a place called hell, uh, the final judgment. So when you're dead in sin, you're dead. That's it. But when you're made alive in Christ Jesus and you go from the deadness of sin to the life of Christ, you're alive forevermore by the Holy Spirit. And he's the down payment of that. He seals you and guarantees you unto your reward, your inheritance in heaven. Amen. In the family of God. In the family of God. Hey, well, we're coming up on the one o'clock hour. I want to pray with you before we leave. I hope you've enjoyed today's broadcast. Make sure you come back tomorrow as we finish up. Tomorrow will be our last session. It will be part number five of Holy Spirit, the helper you need. Make sure you come back. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you look for that next podcast episode to drop. Make sure you're subscribed to Gospel Tabernacle Church Podcast as well, that you're subscribed on the YouTube channel of Gospel Tabernacle. Like us on Facebook, on Instagram. Make sure you come find us. And uh, that you can stay up with us, uh, up to date with everything we're doing, and be back here tomorrow, Friday at 12 p.m. Because I'm going to start off the broadcast. I'm going to announce our two winners. Uh, just to remind you, if you've jumped on later, the two winners, we're going to give away Pastor Summerall's book, The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit. And lunch is going to be on us. All you got to do is share, interact. The more times you do it, the better chance you have of winning. I'm trying to bribe you to share the broadcast. That's the only way I can see it. I'm just going to have to be honest with you. But I'm thankful that you've joined me. I'm thankful for everyone that's listening here live and on the replay and on the podcast. We're thankful for you. Let me pray for you and bless you before we leave. In Jesus' name, Father, I come before you, Lord, and I thank you for these precious people that love you, Lord. Their hearts are turned towards you. They desire the fullness of the Holy Spirit indwelling and flowing in them. 
And Lord, even now, that's your desire because the promise of the Holy Spirit in filling and baptizing us is your idea. So now we say, Father, we yield to you. We submit to the promise of your word. We consider your word done. We thank you for the seal and the guarantee of the Holy Spirit in us, working in us that keeps us clean and set free from sin, Lord. In Jesus' name, and then fill us with your power and your might so that we can have boldness to tell people about this living hope we have, Christ Jesus. And I will see you tomorrow, Friday at 12 p.m. Naomi's watching. She may be, I, no offense to anyone, but Naomi's got to be my favorite viewer. She must be my favorite viewer. Uh-oh, I may get in trouble with Laura if I say that. My top two favorite viewers, Laura and Naomi. I'll see you tomorrow, Friday, 12 p.m. I'll see you then. Hey, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you. And every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.